Before we start today's episode of the I'm Fine podcast, we want to make sure to thank our partner at Trio. Are you anxious about the start of a new school year? Haven't been in school for a while, maybe you're interested in going back or you're thinking about changing careers. The Trio staff at Governor State University are the perfect people to help. Trio can help with the financial aid process and scholarship searches. Trio can provide fee waivers for admissions, applications, assist with the admissions applications process, online tutoring, help with GED referrals, and provide payments for the GED test. Trio provides various avenues for career explorations, as well as resume and interview preparation. Trio can also help you understand and complete your FAFSA application, and FAFSA opens up in December, so make sure you get a head start right now. If you're ready to take the next step on your educational journey, contact TRIO at 708-235-3352 for more information or visit their website at www.govst.edu forward slash T-R-I-O-E-O-C. On today's episode of the I'm Fine podcast, we're going to talk about being freaked out, insecure, neurotic, and emotional about hating yourself. Yay! We're going to talk about why we hate ourselves, what affects how we feel about ourselves, what self-depreciation is, how to deal with all of it. And we're going to do that with some help from our friend, member of the Fat family and owner of Guardian Concepts, John Haberkamp. Freaked out, insecure, neurotic, and emotional hosts, Eric Peterson and Brad Stozik. Hating yourself, yay! <laughs> so <laughs> I didn't I didn't say anything about this when you guys like pulled up, but what were you talking about? You guys having like a little bromance when you guys drove up? That was really nice. We were. Like what happened? I just asked some questions. <laughs> you asked him some questions? Yeah, I just Yeah, like a little spaghetti dinner moment? No. No? I mean, I, I don't know. Were you feeling house? Oh, I mean, guys. <laughs> oh, Connor's not listening. He's gonna be fucking pissed. I know. <laughs> I just, <laughs> John, I, I really appreciate you being here tonight, man. I say tonight, but we're recording this tonight. Uh, so thank you again, man. It's no, really thank you for having here. me. Um, it's genuinely a pleasure to uh, be here. Hell yeah, dude. So if you would not mind, can you just tell us? Uh, and tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and how you got involved with Project Headspace and Timing. Oh, boy. You know how much I love to talk about myself. Yes. So much fun. So much. So uh, a little bit about myself. Um, I am a U.S. Navy veteran. I was in 1998 through 2006, uh, stationed uh, both coasts at one point. So San Diego and then um, Virginia and then Great Lakes. After I got out, I was a contractor overseas. And then after that, I did um, stateside celebrity and executive protection. And then after that, for me, I kind of went down a, a headspace tunnel uh, yeah. in, in a not good way. Yeah. When I had stopped doing all that, when you go from like high speed to no speed. Right. It kind of uh, takes a huge toll on, on the psyche. Mm-hmm. And so I did a bunch of different things over several years in restaurants and construction, trying to figure out where my I was going to fit in life and everything else. And then uh, got to a point in my life where I was just tired of making everyone else a whole bunch of money. 
Yeah. And was like, I was down in the dumps at that point as well. So it's kind of like you hit rock bottom and you're like, it's time to uh, do something or uh, motivates you. Yeah. Yep. So then uh, I decided to start two different companies, one of those being Guardian Concepts. And then uh, just building that from the ground up like no tomorrow. What is Guardian Concepts? Guardian Concepts is a personal defense training company. So we do firearms training, medical training, situational awareness training, combatives, anything that deals with personal defense. Can I ask you a quick question about the security thing? So we've talked about this a couple of times. Uh, I worked in executive protection and stuff also. Like John and I have pretty similar career paths up to a certain point. Like we both contract overseas, the EP work. I didn't work with famous people. Uh, but you worked with famous people. I have a lot of buddies that worked with famous people and told me all sorts of stories. You have a giant fucking smile on your face right now. (laughs) All I want to know is if you can tell me this, if you, and if you can't, that's fine. Who was the best person you were ever security for? And who's the worst person you ever security for? Okay. So I'll start with the worst, but I'm, I will not give out names. Okay. That's fine. That's fine. But one is an NBA player. Or was an NBA player, and it's Michael Jordan completely <laughs> forgot where he came from to the point where he would scream at people if he didn't have wet naps in the bathroom, oh, and God. if he had any other color M M&M and M besides blue in that's the living real. Room. That's yes. real. Yes, I know that's a joke in fucking Wayne's world. No, that's right. no, that's actually <laughs> legit. The 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 basketball player actually screamed at his entire staff. The fact that, you know I mean, someone had put multicolored M&Ms in the candy dish on the <laughs> coffee table in the hotel. Fucking Michael Jordan, man. Um, and no, it was not Jordan. It wasn't Dennis Rodman, I hope, because I want to believe that he's no, awesome. No, it wasn't Dennis Rodman. Okay. Rodman All right, that's fine. All right. Um, another one was a rapper who uh, likes to walk around like he's six foot five and 400 pounds solid muscle. Yeah. And... Uh, Lo and behold, he's nowhere near that size. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Um, this one, actually, you know what? I'll put this one on blast. Nick Lachey is a huge douchebag. Nick Lachey? Yes. From 98 Degrees? Yes. You hear? You heard it here first. <laughs> you heard it here first. Giant <laughs> asshole. That's probably why Jessica Simpson divorced him. Probably. Uh, absolutely. Considering I, I got I'm into sorry, it Nick. with them at the Jessica Simpson concert when I was doing the protection for the, the tour when they were in town. You got into a fight with 98 Degrees. Yes. We oh. decided he was going to put his finger in my chest. Oh, I thought you were going to say something else. <laughs> 20 bucks is 20 bucks. That was the after party, bro. My bad. So did 98 degrees shut down after this? Um, or I don't around know if they shut down after this, but this would have been early, early, no, I'm sorry, mid 2000s. I feel like you're telling me that, that you're the reason why 98 degrees. No, because like, the rest cool of the band down. members weren't around. It was just him at Jessica's show. He just has one of those faces. So Punchable face. Um, Who, who's the nicest? All right. Great, great ones. Um, 50 Cent was phenomenal. Really? Completely nice. down to earth. That's um, cool. Snoop Dogg was freaking awesome. Oh, my God. Naturally. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't. Let's, yeah. Let's be honest. <laughs> Bro. Yeah. That'd be fun. Um, 
Chicago and Earth, Wind, and Fire were real awesome. Earth, Wind, and Fire. Uh, yeah. That would be really cool. Yeah. I my like daughter it. was actually backstage at the time. They were waiting for me to get off. And so the wife and daughter were hanging out kind of in the backstage hallway. And they all came out, you know what I mean, getting ready to go to the buses. And they see my daughter. And, of course, they all over there talking to her. And my daughter's little, so she has no clue. But yeah, to this day now, you know what I mean, she sees the autographs. And she's like, they held me. And you know what I mean? But she don't remember. That's I, badass. I just want to say, I'm little and I don't, I don't know who that is. Oh, Jesus. I'm sorry. You never heard the song September? Or am guessing it? What is their most famous song? I mean, maybe in September. To be honest, I'm not even a music guy. I worked in the industry. That's okay. That's okay. I don't remember the words. Sorry, guys. Actually, I do know the words, but I'm not going to sing them because I'm a terrible singer. Uh, John? Why can you talk a little bit about how you got involved with Project Headspace and timing, how that came about? So... Just like a lot of veterans, for many years, I struggled with the mental health aspect. Yeah. Um, like I said, I got out in 2006 and went through several just ups and downs, including a dark hole um, at the end of 2010, early 2011, when uh, I lost my first wife. And again, even that for a little while after, I was just in a dark hole. Yeah. Um, and you told me about that before. And it wasn't until about, I, I had actually went in and started a claim at one point. It was like 2015 time frame, but never actually followed through with it. Yeah. And then it was about 2018 um, when I had my heart attack. Um, How old were you? 38. Fuck, it's a ripe old age of 38. Holy shit. Yeah, 38, my... Uh, my Widowmaker was 100% blocked, and then I had three other blockages. So technically, you know what I mean? They, everyone was looking at me like, how the hell was I still walking around? Because even during the heart attack, I'm still walking around talking to people while the heart attack is going on. So, um, yeah. Um, shortly after that, I had uh, went in for the claim and actually followed through this time. Mm-hmm. Um and again, still struggled, things like that. Obviously, I got my disability. I, I got my rating and all that good stuff. But even then, when we moved, so we lived up north up in, until about 2015 in the south suburbs. And then we moved down here. And I didn't know a soul down here. We literally moved down here and, and knew nobody. Right. So for a long time, several years, it was just just us, the, the family as a whole and never really ventured out. Again, not a fan of usually out hanging out with people or yeah. new people or anything of that sort. So, and eventually, um, being with Guardian, we obviously found out about Triple H, Heroes, Hogs, and Hot Rods. Yep. Um, and I had gotten in touch with you about, from the Guardian concept side, trying to run the raffle for Triple H, using our contacts to try and bring in some different things and things like that, to try and generate revenue for veterans. Which that actually excited me, being able to do something that helps other veterans and at the same time could possibly help myself. So, yeah, that actually was uh, extremely good for me. And then from there, I mean, you and I struck up a conversation like No Tomorrow and I yep. mean, even know some of the same people in the industries and things like that. And it's just like, wow, I mean, I, I got a person in my backyard and didn't even realize it and just kind of hit home from there. And then I just jumped in head over heels on all fronts of wherever fat needs me you know what i mean i will uh try and do my due diligence and show up to uh 
do what needs to be done. Dude, well, a couple of things. One, like I feel like when you're in the veteran community, it's a pretty small community already. And then you get into like the executive protection world or the private military contracting world. And it is super fucking small because it's like if you don't you are one, maybe two names away from like everybody <laughs> you know what i mean it's very true so i mean very if somebody's true. in that industry and they're like i'm a blackwater guy and it's like all right do you know blank blank or blank and they're like nope and you're like all right something's yep. weird you know what i mean most yep. of the time most of the time absolutely um but yeah so you got involved with us and we joke around i don't know if we actually got it put on your business we card did. or not did we yeah. guy who gets shit done well abbreviated but yes yes so 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 John is the guy who gets shit done for fat. He helps us tow the trailer for troops on trails stuff. He helps us on the outreach side. He uses guardian concepts to host that peer support group that we talked about in a previous episode, Lima Charlie. Um, and then he also has helped us out with the crisis intervention program. You've gone on calls with me, multiple calls with me, uh, dealing with, with vets in crisis. So, I mean, it's a pretty fucking fitting title, man. And when I told you about, this topic today about hating yourself and i asked you about it like i told you what the topic was and you were just like (laughs) you didn't like yeah i could talk about that brad you said the same fucking thing i I was like you were just like dude i i I could fucking take this and run with it yeah look up shit nope um yeah no all i gotta do is go to the memory bank and i can just bro i know of stuff to just diarrhea the mouth at that point speaking of diarrhea of the mouth let's fucking get to it so okay uh before we we talk about all the reasons why we fucking hate ourselves uh i want to talk about an article that i found on markmanson.net uh and it's about why people hate themselves uh so what the article said uh, emotions exist as your brain's way of telling you that something's good or something's bad and that way you can act on it It's feedback that's designed to make us better because life isn't always sunshine and rainbows. Hatred, particularly hatred aimed at yourself, is simply one of many negative emotions. It's a feedback mechanism that tells you things are not dandy in your world. The article used the word dandy. I didn't put that in there. I appreciated that it used the word dandy. Uh, We all have dreams that we've failed to live up to, ideals we've failed to embody, actions that we wish we had or hadn't done, and ways in which we wish we could be different. Hating ourselves when these things happen is normal. Self-hate, as with all emotions, becomes a problem when you don't know how to deal with it. Uh, So that article continues on with another part that I want to talk about. How do you know that you hate yourself? So here's some telltale signs that you may hate yourself, according to that same article at markmanson.net. This is the first one. I'm going to read it verbatim. You believe you're a rotten piece of shit. That's what the article says. <laughs> I <Jesus>. love that. <laughs> Bro, hey, if you're in the military, tell me you've not called yourself a fucking rotten piece of shit. Oh, dude. Say, check oh. that box. Yeah. Bro, yep, check that one. Uh, you think other people are constantly judging you and you live in fear of being, quote, found out, end quote, for the failure of a human being that you are. Uh, check that box. You have no boundaries in your relationships, always at other back and call others back in call. I'm just going to nope, check, check, check that one. Uh, your life is a hot mess, but you don't have time to sort that shit out because your work, friends, 
global warming, whatever is not important. This is a great article. Mm, yep. Check that one. <laughs> yep. You always find yourself on binges, ice cream, Netflix, Xbox, booze, sex, whatever. And you struggle to emphasize with others and what they are going through. I mean, yeah, I I think we all do the last one. I don't think any of us struggle to understand what other people are going through. Wait, we struggle or don't struggle? You struggle to empathize with others and what they go through. Yeah. Yeah. I always ask people, I was like, well, they used to tell me if, if I wanted feelings, they would have issued them to me or whatever. Like, they would, you yeah. know what I mean? Oh yeah. Well, again, like if you were in the military, man, I mean, I don't know how you talk to yourself, but it, if you grow out of the boot camp mindset, you're probably fine. But like when you're in boot camp, the whole goal is to fucking break you. So yeah, you're, you're, you're believing that you're a rotten piece of shit, unless you're a fucking PT stud or whatever the hell, which I was not. Nope. I was the okayest soldier to ever, to have ever been. But, um, <laughs> if you recognize some of these, it's okay. You need to understand that it's okay. And that's what the article says. Do any of those particularly resonate with either one of you you believe you're a rotten piece of shit you think people are judging you no boundaries i'll tell you guys that the, but Can i say all of them pretty much almost on a daily basis yeah that dude does. yeah i mean i think that the constantly judging thing that's a that was an issue for me i've talked about that yeah. a lot like with the social anxiety constantly feeling like other people are judging you that's so exhausting all the time to be thinking that to think that you're a rotten piece of shit like i'm pretty hard on myself for the most part when so when something doesn't go well or even if something goes right like i'll still get down on myself about shit because it could have been better or this could have happened or that could have happened having no boundaries that's something that i've been working on I think a lot of us were all working on that. You know what I mean? Because having boundaries wasn't something that I really ever fucking understood, you know, until like, honestly, probably for me, like my early thirties is when I started understanding and thinking about what the fuck boundaries were. Uh, the binges and the other, the last one, not so much, but I mean, that kind of, that kind of spoke to me. Yeah. I I mean, I can sit there and say, I mean, I can tell you when all that started for me too. When's that? So when I had a rescue mission that went bad overseas and we ended up losing sailors, I was the one that was tasked with saving them and I couldn't get them all. So you're now burying sailors at sea and sailors are not coming home. They're lost at sea. And you're sitting there like, I'm a rotten piece of shit because I failed to save my brothers and my sisters. Right. And then judging, you know what I mean? Because you didn't save them all, now again, everyone's in my head, you know what I mean? Everyone's judging me and I'm, I failed to do my job and because I didn't get them. And then obviously you rage out into the other things, you know what I mean? The binging and relationships and things like that. You start alienating and thing, and then those types of factors. So your relationships go downhill. You think you're just doing it just to not fucking think about it. Like when you're Absolutely. doing the binging and that shit, you're just doing it to fucking, it's just to numb it all. Yeah. Just to yeah. try and put yourself in the hole. Cause you don't place. fucking care anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like you're in, um, what's just, uh, like self-destruction mode. Yeah. You know what I mean? I get that. I definitely get that. I'm sorry. But what sucks the most about it to me is like, especially if you're in the military or first responder, police officer, you know, firefighter, take your pick. It's like you get put in fucking unwinnable 
situations. Then, okay, you could what if that situation that you just talked about all fucking day and you could put a billion other people in the same situation. And how, how the fuck, like, you, what are you supposed to do, bro? What are you supposed to fucking do? And it sucks because you're always going to want to save them all because you're a human being, but it's fucking impossible. Mm-hmm. It might be impossible. Oh, absolutely. And even to this day, it resonates into today because now at different points, like, again, when my wife passed away, yeah, I wasn't able to save her. So, you know what I mean? So now it's twice in my life I've had two, you know what I mean, major life-changing events yeah. where I wasn't able to do everything I, I needed to do or try to do. Yeah. So then that just, again, resonates into the fact of I'm a rotten piece of shit. We've had a couple of long conversations in this fucking basement. Have we not about that type of shit? Absolutely. Because I fucking understand. And it's just so, it's so unfair to put yourself through that. But the one thing that I've told you a billion times is it's impressive how you were able to take that pain from that incident of not being able to save those sailors from losing your, uh, losing your, your first wife. You were able to take that and turn that into a fucking company that teaches people how to protect themselves, save themselves and possibly save others. And that's one thing that I don't feel like people understand about guardian concepts, which is why I appreciate it so fucking much. And it's not justifying. It's not condoning. It's not saying like everything's fucking great, but it's just like, dude, it's impressive when you find somebody that takes the shit that has destroyed a lot of fucking people and you use it to make something that helps other fucking people. Like the, the fucking analogy I use all the, all the fucking time is Alan Milne, AA Milne who wrote Winnie the Pooh. Like he was in the fucking, he had PTSD. He was in the battle of Zom and he took the facets of PTSD and this isn't proven, but this is what some people much smarter than me say. And he took the facets of PTSD and he put them all these animals, you know, the neurotic rabbit and the paranoid pig and the depressed donkey all around this, all around this bear. And so like he took that pain and he did something with it. And I just think that that's something that's very impressive. And one of the many things I fucking appreciate, appreciate about you, my friend. Thank you. You were very welcome, buddy. So I wanted to talk about uh, this next article that I found. Uh, What affects how we feel about ourselves? And this is according to MHANational.org. Stands for Mental Health America. Here are some things that affect the way we feel about ourselves. One. Extreme self-criticism. A little bit of constructive self-criticism can help you notice your mistakes and correct them. But once it starts making you feel bad about yourself, it's no longer useful. So like I'm, I like a little bit of self, self-criticism. I try to criticize myself a little bit and it's fine if it's like, you know, uh, oh, maybe I should have added some more chocolate chips to these cookies and that's okay. <laughs> but it's a more of a problem when I'm just like, I'm a fucking worthless piece of shit. Yeah. There's a difference. You know what I mean? I went through that for a long time. What's that? Uh, doing that. Like when I lost my vision, getting mad about the chocolate chip cookies. Well, that too. Yeah. But yeah, no, when I lost my vision, dude, yeah. I, the only times I call myself worthless. Yeah. But because you judged oh, yeah. yourself solely based on that, you lost one of your senses. Yeah. And because of that, you just fucking thought you were worthless. Mm-hmm. How do you feel now? Good. <laughs> Better. Better. Fine. Fantastic. No, I feel, I feel great. I know. Yeah. 
second one, unrealistic expectations. So if you're constantly falling short of your expectations, it might be time to reevaluate them. Lowering your expectations might sound like a bad thing, but you're not doing yourself any favors by keeping your expectations impossibly high. Um, comparison number three, it's easy to compare your weaknesses with everyone else's strengths. Sure, you have flaws and you've made mistakes, but so has everyone else, including the people you look up to and admire most. I am a victim of that for sure. Like I will compare myself, like I will look at our organization and I'll compare it to more successful ones. And I'm like, fuck, I should be doing this. I should be doing that. Like blah, 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 blah. Like I can, I do, I do that one quite a bit. Uh, number four, mistakes from the past. Maybe you're holding a grudge against yourself for something you did a long time ago. There's nothing you can do to change the past, but you can learn from it and move forward. Number five, feeling out of place. It's important to find a group of people who are supportive and appreciate you. Uh, this could be a support group or an online community base uh, of a shared interest, or it could be motherfucking Project Headspace and Timing. Uh, number six, force of habit. Once you make a habit of talking yourself down, it can be very hard to stop. Saying things like, I hate myself, I'm worthless, can sometimes be intrusive thoughts. And that's something that just pops in your mind with no real meaning behind it. So out of those... Extreme self-criticism, unrealistic expectations, comparison, mistakes from the past, feeling out of place, force a habit. Which one of those do you guys recognize the most? Mistakes from the past. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it goes back to the whole, like, losing my vision thing. I picked the wrong hospital. Yeah. I, so, yeah, probably that one. But one of the things with you that we've talked about a bunch is it seems like at least over the course of, at least since I've known you, mm -hmm. you have you've taken that situation and turned it into a positive yeah i would say yeah, i try you know what i mean yeah and because of that it's something that like you've been able to help other people with help other veterans with whether you know it or not like how many veterans do we have that are part of our organization that tell you that they appreciate you because of the type of person that you are because of what you've been through and how you take fucking jokes left, right and center and you don't let it keep you down and you actually use it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that's a fucking force, man. It's very impressive. Thank you. Uh, what about you, John? Um, I'd say all of them except for the expectations one. Yeah. I set fairly realistic expectations yeah. too. You, you seem like you set fairly realistic yeah. expectations. Is one of them more so than any of the others out of that? Hang it on the past. Yeah. That's probably one of my biggest ones again. Um, struggles across the board. And it's one of those things, again, you'll hear people saying, again, you and I have talked about this because uh, as not only as men, but also as veterans, we are phenomenal at compartmentalization. Yes. So uh, everything will go into that wonderful compartment and, and everyone thinks that we're confident and we don't have any issues and there's nothing going on in the back of our mind. But little do they know, it's like you're in the road for three hours and it's the radio and your thoughts and you just zoned out. You, you know what I mean? Or you're yeah. laying in bed for several hours or you wake up in the middle of the night from a nightmare. And then obviously you're awake for God knows how long. And now you're back into every single one of those thoughts of trying to figure out how could I have done something different? Um, how could the, the outcome have been different if I would have did this or if I would have did that? Yeah re-quarterbacking everything you know what i mean so yeah i think it's really hard especially i've seen like movies and tv shows also illustrate this where they talk about like 
the dad gets home from work and he like sits in his car for a few minutes before he goes in the house. You know what I mean? That like, that's, Absolutely. that's a big move. That's a low key big move because I feel like in that moment you're dealing with the gravity of whatever it is you're dealing with. You're dealing with your emotions. You're dealing with your self hate. You're dealing with all of these things. And then you're trying in that like five minute, uh, little window, squashing it all down, putting it into a little box and then pushing it in the back of your head, shaking it off so you can open that door and go in to see your family. And yep. so they don't fucking notice. Absolutely. Because, again, when people look at their fathers, their husbands, things of that, it sounds bad, but essentially it's everyone thinks that they're emotionless. Yep. So it's like you don't you don't see fathers cry. You don't see husbands cry. Um and it's a struggle. Like, I'm not a huge, I don't know. I don't keep myself from crying. Like, I think the first time I saw my dad cry was at his dad's funeral. Understandably so. But that was like when I was a teenager. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I didn't, I didn't see, I didn't really see that before. And my dad doesn't act like overly tough or anything. He just wasn't, he just wasn't the type of guy. He wasn't the type of guy to like show emotion like that, which is fine. I've cried in front of my daughter, my oldest daughter, when my mom was dying and when i had to tell my oldest that like she was passing away and i had to tell her and everything was fine at first i took her i got her ice cream we went to a park sat in the car and i was telling her about it and then at first she didn't understand so she was like making a little joke about it because she was like four or five at five at the time yeah five and then it hit her like all of a sudden, like she understood what I was saying and then she fucking lost it. And then when she lost it, I fucking lost it. But then I thought about this moment being a moment that she's probably going to remember. And I just talked to her about it, like talked to her about how we were crying. This was crying and that this is OK. Like this is how we're showing how we feel about this. And that's OK. So we're going to feel this. We're going to let it out. And then we're going to go see her because she was still alive at the time and go spend some time with her. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, I I hope that that's something that's changing. You know what I mean? But it's still fucking hard. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. I'm, I'm hoping that it's changing. I mean, people are starting to talk about, obviously, mental health of the man, of the man and things like that. But. Even for me, that's still a struggle because yeah. I've, I'm 43 and 43 years of my life, you know what I mean? That's how I've lived. Right. And Dude. so now you're trying to break something out of someone that they spent 100% of their life either watching from other family and then reciprocating it to themselves yeah, and adopting it in full force. Right. Dude, there is, I literally saw this video. It's like a TikTok or something like the past few days. He's an NFL player. I don't remember his name. I'll look it up. But he had a phenomenal game. I think this past Sunday. Again, I don't remember what player he was. So he has like an amazing game. They're interviewing after they're interviewing him after the game, the anchor. 
and she asks him some question about how amazing his game was. And he talks about how he did it for his grandfather who just passed away. And he starts crying and he's had, and he has a real reaction, not like a little sniffle, sniffle, like, no, he like cried and like got it out. And then he immediately turned it around into him talking shit about how they beat the other team. And he was like, don't, don't let these cries fool. Uh, what do you say? Don't let these tears fool you. We're dogs out here or something like that. And I was like, dude, that's the most, masculine way I've ever seen a dude cry in my life like he cried and then he immediately threatened to kick somebody's ass <laughs> like but I think it's a it's nice it's nice to see that a little bit that just guys are freely being able to share their emotions because I think that that's a step towards not fucking hating yourself you know what leads you to hating yourself when you don't get to fucking feel whatever you want to feel when you don't get to talk to people about shit when you don't get to say what you want to say and then you start feeling bad about yourself and then you start asking telling yourself maybe I shouldn't feel that way and then you start undercutting your own fucking thoughts and your own feelings. And now you're starting to turn your, you're, you're making yourself feel like a piece of shit and you're not just cause you wanted to talk to somebody. You didn't fucking feel like you could talk to them. That's so, that's just not fair. Um, so again, criticism, like we were talking about, uh, is okay. But extreme self-criticism is very different. Again, remember our analogy, like if you didn't put in a lot of chocolate chips and cookies and you're like, I should put more chocolate chips. That's okay. But if you call yourself a giant bag of dildos, that's not okay, man. That's not okay. Don't do that. Uh, and another word for that, not the giant bag of dildos, <laughs> not the giant bag of dildos, but the criticism is self-depreciation yes self-depreciation uh so brad what did you find out about self-depreciation yeah so this is according to verywellmind.com um self-depreciation is a form of self-talk uh that reflects a uh that reflects a cognitive state uh such as low self-esteem and self-regard and why do we do this so we do this because for three reasons to appear more modest so there is no assumption of ego that can be off-putting and to appear more um, agreeable. Okay. And what are some signs of somebody that might be committing a little self-depreciation? You can't take a compliment. Mm -hmm. um, you instinctively downplay yourself and you believe, um, you believe promoting yourself will make you uh, disagreeable. So I used to be able to not take a compliment for the longest time. Like if somebody would give me, I don't know, I just had a really hard time taking it. And that's one thing I've been working on. Cause I think for the longest time, especially depending on your view of yourself and like, if you don't like yourself, if somebody gives you a compliment, you're like, what the fuck? Like, fuck you. Don't say that to me. You know what I mean? You're almost yeah. like mad. For a little bit. You don't believe it. You don't believe it. You know what I'm saying? And so like, I was like that, or I would kind of dodge compliments. So somebody would give me a compliment and I would immediately take it and apply it to other people. You know what I mean? Like, oh, hey, I love the podcast. Thanks, man. But really, I'm just there. You know, Brad, Jake and Melanie, they fucking do everything. I just show up. You know what I mean? Then you're like, I feel like when people do that, you're like, you're selling yourself short. You know what I mean? Give yourself like, take the compliment, say thank you very much and take it and like actually let it sit in your brain. Like, oh, Brad just told me that I was funny. That That's really nice of him to say. I appreciate that he said that. You know what I mean? Like, let the fucking compliment sit in there for a second. So that's something that I've for sure worked on. I don't know about instinct. So wait a minute. I'm trying to establish this is all bad things. Some signs of self-depreciation. 
Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think it's I like not sarcastically. By the way, oh, okay, 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 okay. I wasn't sure. Wow, I was about to start explaining too. Listen, Listen I don't I, we, okay. The military, I've said this before, yeah. has ruined my common sense. So, like, it's really like sometimes I just think if you say something, even if you're sarcastic, and I'm very sarcastic, I'm like, okay, whatever. Maybe he really doesn't, maybe he doesn't understand. I don't fucking know. You know what I mean? Because the fucking military just kind of ruined it for me. Yeah. Um, what are some impacts of self-depreciation? Bradley, follow me. Yep. <laughs> uh, your self-esteem is affected. Uh, you begin to feel depressed and anxious and uh, you begin to feel, um, you begin to feel less optimistic about yourself end of life yeah self-esteem and and having a low self-esteem is really that's a big one and yep. so i do a mentor program with a local high school and excuse me in a aside from the mentor no not the i do the mentor program but i also do like this i also talk to some of the kids in some of the classes like i'll go in for a class and talk about stuff and one of the things that i'll ask kids and remind i don't know if i brought this up on the last episode or not but i'll ask them like do you tell yourself that you love yourself like i will say that and i'll get some kids who immediately raise their hands and they say yes i do i'm like that's awesome good for you and then a lot of kids like don't raise their hands because <laughs> they never say it and and i'm like and i'll ask them why don't you say it to yourself I'm like, do you say it to other people why don't you say it to to yourself and i asked this one kid whose hand shot up super quick i'm like that's great man why do you love yourself and he's or why do you tell yourself you love yourself and he said because i have to because my parents are getting a divorce and i was like <sighs> but you know what i'm telling you i think that kid's gonna be fucking fine like if you have an inner voice like that that's already like telling yourself like that has your own back like that like i feel like that kid's resilient as shit you oh, know yeah. what i mean like that's gonna be a tough kid oh yeah you know what i mean do you, how what's up sorry i just thought of another perk of being blind yeah <laughs> not, not that there's many but here's one <laughs> so so we got lines at disneyland and yeah. now dude I get to tell myself I love myself, but it's a different person because I can't see myself in the mirror. So if I just change my voice, I'm like, I love you or whatever. It's a different person. I don't, <laughs> I don't think that's how it works because you no. know that it's you saying it though. I mean, I mean, if you say it, wow, dude, you're always just popping my balloon. I'm not, it's fine. I'll tell you, I love you. I will tell you, Thank you, you don't need to tell you. Well, you can't I, tell I yourself, but if you want to hear another person tell you, I'll also tell you that I love you. Thanks. You're welcome, buddy. Love you too. Um, so what, how else do you guys talk to yourselves? Do you guys talk to yourselves? I talk to myself all the fucking time. So I'm just curious <laughs> if I'm fucking weird or not, but I talk to myself often. Yeah. Uh, and I try to, especially around my mom's passing, I start, I changed the way that I was talking to myself and the way that I changed the way I was talking to myself was I started listening to more positive types of things, positive uh, music. And I'm not like, I'm not talking about gospel or whatever, and there's nothing wrong with that, but I just listened to music that wasn't as depressing as the shit that I was listening to before. And I started just surrounding myself with anything that put me on that next level to feeling better about myself. You know what I mean? And that directly contributed, I think to me improving the way that I talk to myself. 
But I mean, what about you guys? What's it like for you? For me, um, absolutely. I talk to myself. I mean, a lot. Yeah. So I can completely understand where your thought process is there. And for me, I find myself when I'm talking to myself, it's obviously usually within the times that I'm alone. Yeah. Um, so for me, it's going to be a lot of driving different yep. points between both companies. I'm on the road at different points for hours upon hours and can't always be on the phone with someone. So again, I'm in my head Yeah. or again, laying in bed and, and everyone else is asleep, but th- there you are and you're just overanalyzing everything. And, um, is it more positive or negative? Oh, mine's all negative. Really? Absolutely. <sighs> Even still with everything that you do, is it improving For a little me, bit? I don't look at anything I've done as being a positive. Yeah. Um, Great. I know that it is because I've had people obviously tell me thank you and things like that, but it's just for my inside, you know what I mean? It, it, it just, it hasn't hit there yet. Do you th- and a lot of it, I, I'll tell you right now, a lot of it's self-sabotage and, and self-torture. Right. Because of it, I can't get past my head of my failures, yeah. those previous failures. I'm going to continue to self-torture myself and or self-sabotage myself until probably death. Do you ever think there'd be anything that would like help you not do that? Honestly, everyone and their mothers tried to obviously talk to me about that, including you. What? Um, And I I don't know that that's ever going to change. Yeah. And it's hard because sometimes they're like, what do you say to somebody that tells you? something like that like it's very hard and that's what i said to you when we we're talking about before like the first time you told me like everything you've been through i'm like i know i'm not gonna be like just hang in there buddy like <laughs> i'm sorry you went through this insanely traumatic shit like let me say something that i saw on a fucking bumper sticker and like hopefully you'll just feel yeah, better you just short of me hearing from the people that i lost saying hey it's okay yeah which isn't going to happen. What's so unfair about that is I feel like you're just any person in that situation is now setting themselves up for failure. And that's not fair. That's not fair. Despite all the positive things that you do and all the good things that you do. And you have to, I feel like anybody has to try to find a way to at least allow themselves to also feel good. You can feel all the pain you want. Nobody's going to take that away from you. Nobody has the power to take that away from you, but you at least can also feel the good stuff. And I think I might've told you about this one, uh, veteran that I'd worked with for some time, um, got him into a great program. And, uh, we did an interview with a, with a media outlet. And it was a, uh, it was recorded and I didn't know this at the time. So I knew he had been overseas. I knew he'd seen extensive combat early days of the war in Iraq. And, uh, I knew he had done a lot and him and I were in Baghdad together. And so I knew a lot about him and we sit there and we start recording and we start talking about everything that he'd been through. And he let us, he shared a story that I'll share because he shared it on that media outlet. Um, so he was, uh, in Iraq and they were on a convoy and that convoy was running a mission at night and there was a firefight and in the firefight, you have your sector of fire. So if you are looking a certain direction, if you're unfamiliar, it's like 
every single person on your team has a sector of fire and that sector then encompasses the 360 degree circle around your element or whatever, right? Your sector is your sector. Uh, the, the sectors of fire are overlapping, but a majority of your sector is going to be your sector, right? So he's taking fire from his sector and he returns fire. Okay. That's what you do. You can't see what's coming from what's coming. You can't see where it's shooting from specifically or who's shooting it. You just see the bullets. And so you return fire, right? So we return fire. The, the shooting stopped. They, um, mounted the vehicles and they took off and they came back the next day to do a BDA a battle damage assessment. When they looked out in his sector, there was a tarp and they picked up the tarp and underneath the tarp was a four-year-old girl. And next to the four-year-old girl was her uncle and they were both shot. No idea, no idea who was holding the gun. Doesn't fucking matter. Like he also had a four-year-old girl at home at the same time. So he sees this. He he knows that he fucking did it. He knows that he had no other fucking op. He did not choose to return fire. You know, like he was returning fire because he was getting shot at. And he was protecting his himself, his squad, his fucking platoon, whatever. Like he was doing his fucking job. And because of that, a four year old girl was now dead and her uncle was now dead. And that started him on a path of self-destruction. And let me fucking tell you, one, like I said, I didn't expect to hear that in this fucking interview. But two, what the fuck does anybody say to that? Get over it? Suck it up? What the fuck do you say to that? That's absolutely it. I mean, it's one of the things we talk about in my classes, like when I'm sitting there talking to people about essentially what they're training to do when they're getting their concealed carry license, okay? Yeah. I tell them, in your worst day, you're training to possibly take someone's life. Yeah. I was like, do you understand the gravity of that? I think it's impossible to. And that's what I mean. Like, and I, that's what I'm trying to get them to understand. Like, yeah. even as much as, and hopefully you've thought about it prior to coming to this class. Because, here, yeah, you're here physically training. But you should have already started training mentally psychologically spiritually if that's what you believe in yes because that's a heavy load and this one and i'm looking at them in their eyes and i'm like because i know what it's like to take a life and be face to face with that person and watch pretty much what we believe their soul to leave their body and then that gets embedded in your brain and it's you see it from all ages so you know I mean you see it from the adults Regretfully, you see it from the children that we've had to deal with overseas as well. Again, right or wrong, whatever the case may be, at the end of the day, yes, our job was our job. But it doesn't make it any better. It doesn't make it any less hurtful knowing that the child is no longer around anymore. I, I've said this before. I've said this to EGU. Like I have nothing against any religion as long as it doesn't promote hatred or hurt or anything like that. No issues there. But one thing I don't like to hear is when somebody says, well, God has a plan. And it's like, dude, you don't say that to somebody that took someone's fucking life, that watched a kid get killed, that saw any of that shit. I get that there are times where that is a comforting thing. But in my opinion, those times are not those fucking times, dude. It's not that I would rather just have you say sometimes shit sucks 
and it's super fucking unfair. Absolutely. There's no, sometimes there's no silver lining and maybe it helps you accept it a little bit more, but I'm sure as hell not going to sugarcoat for you and tell you, no, it's fucking, it's fine. Hang in there, buddy. Just fucking hang in there. I'm not a fan of that myself. So I understand when you've told me before the things that you feel about yourself and I've never tried to act like I wanted to change them or anything like that. All I try to do is tell you I fucking love you all the time and how much I appreciate all the shit that you do. Cause you're the guy who gets shit done. Even if you towed our trailer once and then it dented your truck and I felt super bad about it. And I told you you should go get it fixed. So you never got it fixed, even though you did that. So we've established that we fucking hate ourselves. Yeah. What now, Brad? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I don't know why I said it like that. Sorry. I panicked. <laughs> When Brad panics, he gets a country accent. I do. <laughs> so this is uh, this is according to verywellmind.com again. Um, and these are ways to um, balance out the self-deprecation, depre- right? Did I say that right? Depreciation. Depreciation, right. Okay. <laughs> so start accepting compliments. Keep a journal and make the decisions to be positive easier said than done i get it yeah i'm not disagreeing with it i think keeping a journal is the hardest one yeah for me i did that for like i don't know three days and i realized i can't read my handwriting not because i'm blind but because (laughs) it's sloppy (laughs) (laughs) really cancels it out huh yeah see I do agree that I think writing to yourself makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It's just nice to get your own words out there for you to reevaluate at a later date. Like that fucking makes sense to me. I'm just, I honestly, I'm just lazy and I don't fucking do that. That's fair. Um, so here's what I found according to MHANational.org. It's okay to hate yourself. Lots of people do. You may be surprised to find out how many people secretly hate themselves. I'm curious about this. Yeah. I feel like, you know, when somebody just thinks that they're the best person in the world and usually you're, if you're like me, you're like, I don't fucking trust that person, but everybody else, I feel like everybody else, pretty much we're all dealing with some little level of hate. Oh, I I use it as, I use it as humor. Self-depreciating humor. Dude, all the yeah. time. Self-depreciating humor humor is some of the best humor <laughs> yeah. because you're not take you're not making fun of anybody else. You're making fun of yourself. Yeah. And it's very easy to do. For me, it's very easy for me to do. Uh so you might be surprised how many people secretly hate themselves. People tend to become happier as they learn how to feel better about themselves. So here are some steps that you can take to stop feeling like a worthless piece of shit. Uh number one. Start small. You don't have to absolutely love yourself right away. You can start by having some compassion for yourself. You can practice being kind to yourself. You don't have to like someone to be nice to them. Uh, You always, or excuse me, you also don't have to like every single thing about yourself. Start by finding one or two small things that you do like about yourself and spend more time thinking about those. Number two, do not define yourself by your flaws or your mistakes. Flaws are things you have. Mistakes are things you do. And neither of them are who you are. Uh, Practicing self-talk, number three, say positive things about yourself out loud just to yourself. Uh, If you can't think of anything, you don't need to lie. Just start small. Maybe you're not ready to say that you're smart or beautiful or that you love yourself. But if you're reading this, you can probably at least say, I'm working on myself because it's not about where you are but which direction you're going. I really liked that sentence. It's not about where you are, but which direction you're going. Cause I feel like it takes a little bit of the 
pressure off of it. It's not about where you're going. It's just that you're on the in the right direction. You know yeah. what I mean? Oh yeah. I like that. Number four, accept other people's compliments. When people say nice things about you, don't argue, don't roll your eyes, just say thank you. Try to believe it. Try to believe that they mean it and consider that they might have a good point. You can add this to your positive self-talk. Like we said before, so-and-so told me that I'm good at blank. And number five, improve your mental health. Feelings of self-hatred are classic symptoms of depression. If you treat the underlying depression, your self-image will improve too. Whether you have a mental illness or not, you can use these DIY tools to work on improving your overall mental health. So have any of you guys... Do you, any of you guys do any of these things? Do any of these things kind of speak to you at all? Starting small, not defining yourself by flaws or mistakes, practicing positive self-talk, at what? Um, so I'm 90% positive in that my confidence shows that I am perfectly okay 24-7. I'm so confused. Say that one more time. <laughs> <laughs> so I am 90% positive yes my confidence level shows that i am okay 24 7 man that's like 90 percent or 60 percent of the time it works every time yeah whatever the fuck (laughs) what about so there's my positive affirmation i am positive (laughs) that i'm a bag of shit (laughs) 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 but that's also self-depreciating humor yeah which is a good thing what about you do you honestly and i mean this 100 percent Honestly, with you, John, you cannot say, do you not ever say anything positive to yourself, despite all of the other things that you have done and created? You gave us, you gave us space to a bunch of veterans to have a peer support group where I don't know how many times I've gotten to watch a veteran get something off their chest and break down and like be surrounded by people that care about them. You created that space and everything that you do with fucking fat on the crisis side, the outreach side, being that guy that people count on. Do you not, are you not able to say anything positive about any of that? Well, fuck you then, John. Not still. No, no. Why do you think like, why? Self-torture. Do you ever think you'll allow, will you ever allow a compliment to like actually sit in there? What if it comes from your daughter? Yeah. No. I hope one day that changes, my friend. Slowly but surely. And I think the one thing that I read earlier is that people tend to become happier as they learn to feel better about themselves, just learning all the different ways. And all of the times, I think part of the reason why John has been so excellent at helping us with a crisis intervention program is because he fucking gets it because a fisherman can spot another fisherman from afar. And it's not just a fucking Navy joke. Like it's, it's when you're trying to come to somebody's aid, who's in the worst fucking moment of their life. If you've been through something similar, they're going to trust you. I had John with me with one of the worst situations I ever had with a veteran in an emergency room. Remember that? He's getting a little squirrely. Absolutely. Uh, He was freaking out nurses. He was freaking out everybody. And... Security was coming in, ready to do what they do. Bro. 
it was not going to end well for them. Just sorry to say. I'm not giving any details, <laughs> but what I will say is I looked at, I, I was standing by this veteran side who was just having a bad day, yes. a character building day. I yep. won't say bad day. I'll yeah. say a character building <laughs> day. And he looks at me after he freaks the fuck out on everybody. And he says, how many security guards are outside? And I looked outside and I think there was three. And I was like, there's three outside. And he goes, last time there was eight. I'm like, Bro, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I started making jokes, and I, I said something to him. I, I cracked a joke uh -huh. immediately. I was right. like, it's because they know you're not a fucking threat, you pussy. Or so yeah. I said something, yeah, absolutely. and it completely cut through the tension, and he started laughing. But there was a second where he made a beeline to get out of the room, and John fucking, like, dad grabbed him, like, just, and just reached around him and pulled him back in the room so he wouldn't do anything like i've watched you keep your fucking cool in so many situations my friend and that's why i can't think i've told you so many times before like it's weird how fast you've become a very close friend of mine and it's we and it's crazy how fast you became such an important piece project headspace and timing and whether or not you understand that that's okay because i'm going to be telling it to you for the rest <laughs> of my fucking life <laughs> um so where was i i think that was about it okay brad yeah what about you you yeah. doing any of those things i do i've been working on the positive self-talk and it's really really changed yeah yeah what have you been doing and, and like how's it been changing things i've just been telling myself that I love myself like for real like I told Amanda I looked in the mirror one day and I was like for the first time and I think my life I looked in the mirror and I really loved what looked what was looking back at me and how do you think you were able to get yourself to that place because it didn't just happen fucking overnight no man um actually a big help to the apple like watch for tracking like my fitness and stuff like I, that really keeps me going I noticed that in over the past seven weeks I've only gone four days without with going less than 10,000 steps so that's, that's like a big well yeah and we just went fucking trick-or-treating we walked well yeah that too. that fucking day yeah right? and it was a fucking snowstorm which yeah. was super cool yeah that's good what yeah. else do you do um i just i don't meditate a lot i think you've gotten better i've watched you get better at accepting people's compliments when people give you compliments it seems like you sit there and you're like thank you yeah you really do appreciate well i haven't, haven't noticed that but thanks yeah yeah yeah, yeah, dude. yeah. you're welcome but, i like that and yeah. i and so i think if there was one positive thing that you could give yourself credit for even if it was something small what would that thing be I think it's the fact that I've taken, like you said before, I've taken something that would completely destroy somebody's life and I've turned it into something that inspires people and it helps them through their struggles. I think that's probably the biggest positive. I think that's a fucking great positive. Yeah. John, is there one positive thing you think you can give yourself credit for, even if it's something small? If you can't think of something, I'll fucking take an hour and list all the things I, that I, I just will appreciate, stuff too. appreciate about you. Don't get into a Midwestern nice off with no, me. No, because I mean, obviously I know I can give myself credit because I mean, to be honest, I'm here every day. Right. Fuck yeah, you are. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. I wake up, you know what I mean? I wake up or obviously if, even if I don't wake up per se, like I just don't go to sleep. Yeah. It's, 
I'm still here. Yeah. I, I haven't taken the easy way out. Right. You know what I mean? Which some people have and it's some people like to agree or disagree with me sometimes, but <clears throat> I call it a luxury for the ones that can take the easy way out. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, you know what I mean, they aren't feeling any more pain. Not saying anything about the people that are still left behind not feeling pain. Right, right, right. But them themselves, they are now pain free. Right. And for them, that's a luxury. Right. Where we figure out a reason for us to still stay here every day. Yeah. But then we still live with the pain. Right. So I'll give my crowd self credit for still being here every single day. Hey, dude, that's a fucking victory, man. You know what I mean? I think that's a great fucking victory. Oh, yeah. For some people, that's everything. For some people, like you said, they don't, they can't do that. So, I mean, to still be here every day, to still do your fucking thing, to have like 30 fucking businesses and doing all the shit that you're doing all the fucking time, and then help me with my with Project Headspace and Timing. So one positive thing I can give myself credit for. Let's see what else. I'll give you one more. Okay. Actually, I can give you one more. Fuck yeah, buddy. I was the cotton candy guy. <gasps> so you were the cotton candy guy. Explain. Explain for anybody. So it's, 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 for our fat family Halloween events, yep. Fathead rented a cotton candy machine to make cotton candy. Yep. And after watching a YouTube video to figure out how to operate said machine. Yep. Um, I got to spend the day making cotton candy for all the kids Dude, and then killing loading it. them up with sugar numerous times. <laughs> you gave CC so much fucking cotton candy and send them home to their parents on pure sugar highs. Such a dick. Like, yeah. Thanks for that. <laughs> every time I saw CC, every time I saw CC, she yep. had another, yep. she had the other color of cotton yep. candy Her, and like fucking Christmas cool, bro. Kids, everyone's, you know, what I mean? <laughs> every. you know, dude, one thing too, then I'll say, and, I, and I'm convinced this is because my kids could just pick up on it with you, was the first time that my kids <laughs> ever met John. So, John, if you are listening to this, John looks like somebody you probably wouldn't fuck with. So he shows up to my house one day and like, you know, tattooed, bearded, bigger dude. And uh, my kids get home. Uh, Ashley brought the kids home from like from daycare and both kids jump out of the car. They look over and they see John. They immediately run to him. My oldest daughter, Lily, takes a picture out of her uh, book bag and get, that she colored and said, here you go. I did this for you. She just fucking read John. <laughs> and still on my fridge to this day. <laughs> and Cece just looked at you and gave you the biggest fucking yes. hug. And like she's just become your little fucking sidekick yes. anytime that I bring her anywhere and you're there and she just fucking gravitates to you and you just pick her up and you're she's but it's fine with me because at least you can get her to be calm for like 10 seconds and i feel like kids just fucking pick that up and that's another pretty fucking positive thing i would give you my friend you know what i'm saying i love the good your daughters are wonderful children as much as you they might drive you insane i mean they're all right okay yeah I love your kids. I know. And they love you too. And there's a reason. Cause I think some kids, they just pick up on that. You know what I mean? And they saw you and they were just like, mm, I'm comfortable with this person. I'm safe with this person. You know what I mean? Yeah. That picture is still in my fridge at home. Yeah. Absolutely. It's not coming down. <laughs> I love that. So if you are listening to this, just make sure that you are doing your best to try 
uh, a couple of these things we, we listed if, if you are dealing with self-hate. And if you can't do that, ask yourself what is one positive thing that you can give yourself credit for, even if it's something small. Uh, so before we wrap up here, uh, Brad Tholomew, Jonathan, do you guys have anything else you want to add about hating, hating ourselves? Yay. No, <laughs> no not nope. really. Okay. No. John, um, where can people find anything about Guardian Concepts if they want to know when the next classes are and what kind of things are you guys rolling out? Um, oh, boy. There's a, me and Brad were talking about this earlier. So um, Guardian Concepts actually just moved offices. So we went from our office in Bourbonnais to a new office in West Kankakee. Nice. Which is a 4,000 square foot space. Mm-hmm. Um, for those that were at our original office, you would know that that's way bigger than what we just originally had. So there is lots of things on the horizons. We are rolling out new classes next year. We are bringing in a scenario-based simulator um, towards the end of January. And then we actually just set the date today, which more things will come about with that. But February 10th, we're going to be hosting like a new location celebration type of deal where Mm -hmm. everyone is coming out. Um, we're going to obviously talk to Fed about putting up a table, the Illinois State Rifle Association, USCCA is going to come out, some other people, higher ups, talking about Daily Journal coming out, um, it being just essentially veteran owned companies coming together to support the community in, in multiple ways, um, between obviously the support with FAT, mm-hmm. um, teaching people how to better defend themselves across the board with, I mean, and it is, and it's not just that people will sit there, Oh, you provide gun training. Yes, we do. But if you understand how we do the training, a firearm is a last resort. It's not a go-to. Right. Yes. So getting people to understand that, that your situational awareness, your mindset and de-escalation are the best tools you can ever have. Those three right there. The best way to survive a violent attack is don't be there in the first place. Yes. Yes. And you don't have to worry about using your gun or taking a life or pressing a trigger when you're not present for it. Right. So that's the personal defense aspect. But then, God forbid, it knocks on your door and you don't have a way out. Well, at least you have some other tools to try and live through it. Yes. And so we're trying to obviously help the community across the board. All the volunteer stuff we do with Days with Dads and Mm -hmm. different things like that. So it's a veteran-owned business that's just trying to help the community as a whole and and the world as a whole. Um, As far as finding us, I mean, we're on Facebook. You can search Guardian Concepts. Our website is Mm -hmm. guardian-concepts.com. All of our classes are going to be listed up there. If you can, follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram. Hell, I've even broken into TikTok, and God knows really uncomfortable there. I haven't jeez yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so I'm not with it you want to talk about old guy breaking into TikTok yeah that's awkward it's <laughs> like accidentally recording yourself and like posting stuff up weird yeah I thought a TikTok was a clock <laughs> <laughs> so but yeah that's essentially how you'd find us and uh there's a lot of things coming on the horizon man it's it's gonna be genuinely insane um I'm excited for the simulator yeah. Simulator is really cool. The building itself is actually going to be called Guardian Training Center now. Yeah, that's that sounds fucking because awesome. Because we have multiple entities underneath there. So we have Guardian Concepts. We have Titan Tactical, which is another training company that we've partnered with. We also have Titan Security. 
So we're going to be doing security training out of there as well for Illinois security officers. So it's literally just multiple platforms coming underneath there. Along with we're we're going to be rolling out a showroom of products and uh, obviously the scenario based simulator. So it's like now it's it's no longer just guardian concepts. Now it's becoming guardian training center. I, I like the simulator thing the most, honestly, Absolutely. just just because it takes all the fear, not all the fear, but it takes some of the fear while also uh, bringing a little bit of the reality into a firearm Absolutely. as opposed to like shadow box stuff or yep. like whatever, whatever. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Targets, you know what I mean? Inside of an indoor range or little things like that. It doesn't give you that actual basis of you're pulling in. On, you're pulling down on someone. Right. Yeah. And I've done those simulators multiple times. And the most interesting thing about it is when you see somebody come up there and they have some sort of preconceived notion of what firearms are, what shooting people is and regardless of what it is. The first time you get into one of those simulators and you go through one of their scenarios and you pull a trigger and you're like, you killed an innocent bystander. You know what I mean? You you miss the target completely. You delayed yourself and they hit you. You know what I mean? Like and then in that moment, you're like, oh, fuck. OK, it's a little more real. I get I get it. I think, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think that's really and that's important. the other part of it, too, because like the simulator we're, we're going to be bringing in. I control how the, the simulation goes. Right. Yeah. I can change it in the middle of it. I can change the outcome. I can change it to a positive outcome. I can change it to a negative outcome. I can change what they're saying at different points based off of what you're saying to them. Yeah. So if you're doing good communication, then I can maybe make it a favorable scenario where it's a no shoot scenario. Cause that's the other, that's the other challenge when it comes to this type of training is that everyone's training for it to be a shoot scenario. Right. Not every scenario is a shoot scenario. Right. Like, Illinois has specific laws in regards to use of force. Mm -hmm. And, like, you're only allowed to use the force equal to what is coming at you. So, but then that's subjective. And that's based off of every person's, there's thousands upon thousands of variables that come into violence that people don't necessarily realize. That's why there's no standard operating procedure for fighting violence. Well, the one thing that you said that... I feel like doesn't get discussed enough as like de-escalation is the fucking goal here. Like you're not, I think if you, if you learn how to use a weapon and all this other stuff and then you just kind of like go out there and looking for a fucking fight, like that's the wrong answer. Like it's the yeah. last resort. Yep. De-escalation is everything. And I always appreciated and respected somebody that could talk themselves out of a fight they could talk a fight down then just get into it swinging because if, if that's what you want then that's what you're gonna fucking find or the ability just to swallow your pride and walk away yeah 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 that's yeah. the other one too i mean even if even if again you you don't have to have the gift of gab necessarily right it's true just to swallow your pride and just walk away yeah Granted, obviously, you keep your guard up make sure you're not gonna get sucker punched things like that but the ability just to walk away yeah and that's the hardest part for a lot of people is swallowing your pride. Yeah. 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 I didn't think about that. You feel like you have to do something and you can't just do nothing. And you feel like people you're are failing. watching. You know what I mean? Right. Family's Embarrassment. Watching. Friends are watching. I need to do something. Otherwise, I'm going to look like, you know what I mean? I'm a piece of shit. Or right. I can't handle myself. Right. I got something to prove. Right. And it's like, I'm at that point in my life where. 
if I ain't proved it already, then I ain't ever going to prove it in your eyes in the first place. Yeah. And I've already got enough of my own issues. I really don't care if you like me or not. Yeah. Because I already hate myself. Right. Oh, hey, that's just what we just talked about. Yay. <laughs> yay. Full circle. <laughs> I like uh, on, on Pee Wee when you say the special word and they're like, yay. It's yep. like whenever you say you hate yourself, we're like, yay. <laughs> we all hate ourselves. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean. <sighs> The pride thing is, is definitely really hard for people to set aside, but I yep. agree with you in that I am at the stage in my life where I feel I'm, I'm, I'm constantly, I think getting torn between like, there are the times where I do care about what people think and what people are saying. And I do get nervous about that. And then I have the complete opposite end of the spectrum where I don't fucking care like, so if I'm going to walk away from this, I know it doesn't affect my ego because I was already confident before. I'm just as confident now. And if you don't understand that, that's a you problem, not a fucking me problem. So I'm just yeah. that opinion of me in that moment does not matter because I would rather I would always rather walk or talk out myself out of a fight than oh, yeah. fucking get into one if I don't have to. Absolutely. You know what I mean? I, I got a pretty who's going to fight a blind guy. Dude, I don't know. There's some <laughs> fucking know. assholes out there you now. Think, you think so? Yeah. There's some ginormous assholes. Oh, man. We'd start like a new podcast, like who wants to fight a blind guy? <laughs> I don't want to know. Dude, Dude, I couldn't find my way out. No, I'm just saying like, I couldn't find my way out of a wet paper bag. No. New podcast starting <laughs> turn of the year, January 1. Who wants to fight a blind guy? <laughs> this is going to be a game show. You're like asking like 15 questions. Yeah. And if you get to the end, then you get to fight me. <laughs> That'd be pretty no. cool. You're coming up with the ideas, right, well, dude. Looks like we're doing it at Steam Hollow. Oh, Steam Hollow. Uh, January one will be the kickoff of. Uh, hey, if it, if it can be like some kind of like raising money for fat, maybe. <laughs> Wait, are we? I feel like now. Okay, so is this real now? Or like, okay, so if we can have like the the like protective headgear stuff and like boxing, like the boxing, oh, like you want spar gear. Yeah, like spar oh, gear. Okay. All right. All right, and if it can be like an event, we'll like talk it out. Fight we'll a blind guy, but you have to answer the questions. They're not going to be like easy questions. Like what kind of questions about like what, like history, physics, and stuff. So they have to get him <laughs> right to fight a blind guy. Yeah. So you have to be a genius. You have to be super smart, and then you get maybe to it should all be questions about Brad's entire life. Oh, that would be a good one too. Yeah, and then Amanda's going to play, and then she's going <laughs> to kick my ass. That's not our problem. <laughs> oh, so there's that. Episode. Okay, uh, so stay tuned for that episode in January. Uh, we're going to let people beat the shit out of Brad. And then um, other than that, coming up for Veterans Day, uh, depending on when you're listening to this, just a heads up. I will be speaking the week of Veterans Day. I will be at Vulcan Materials, Nucor, booth over at CSL, um, talking about Project Headspace and timing the work that we're doing. Uh, John will be speaking for Project Headspace and timing at Riverside Hospital uh, on uh, Saturday on Veterans Day itself, November 11th, A.N. Weber at 11 a.m. Uh, are going to, they're at that location. There's going to be a an unveiling of a statue for my friend Ray Ali, uh, thanks to the Ray Ali Memorial uh, Foundation. Um, or sorry, the Ray Ali Memorial Project. I'm really excited to see that. So if you want to check that out, check out the Ray Ali Memorial Project on Facebook uh, at 1 p.m., uh, on Saturday, November 11th at Steam Hollow. There's going to be a veteran showcase until 5 p.m. So we're going to have a bunch of veteran organizations, one to five, just there showing the stuff that they're doing at One Stop Shop for anybody who wants to know. We'll be there for that. 
uh, and John Guardian. Yep. Guardian's going to be out there too if you want to meet John and check out Guardian Concepts. They'll be there on, on um, November 11th as well. And then at 5 p.m. at the Majestic Theater in Kankakee, Illinois, our friend Maureen Dave Sadler, his wonder, wonderful wife Amanda uh, with E5 Productions, they're going to be uh, uh, showing the ultimate Garth Brooks tribute with Sean Gerhardt. That'll be at 7 p.m. That'll be a really cool show. And the, the proceeds that he's going to be raising then are going to be going to Project Headspace and Timing. Uh, so very cool. So if you are looking for something to do on Saturday, uh, November 11th, there are tons of things. Also, there's also going to be a fundraiser over at Texas Roadhouse and Bradley also for Project Headspace and Timing on the same day. So make sure you check all that out. If you want to find out more, uh, go to projectheadspaceandtiming.org. Check us out on Facebook. I don't think we have a TikTok, so I don't fucking understand it. Um, I do believe we have an Instagram now. Do we? Just got one. Yeah, I think Gabby. All right. Gabby. I'm pretty sure she got us on there. Uh, and if you're going to check that one out, make sure you also check out what's your, what's your Instagram, Brad? Um, B-Rad to Blind Dad. <laughs> and, and Brad's Instagram, if you haven't seen it, is just pictures with his like finger over them or like just dark pictures. Uh, or like super up close. Like I, I think I took a picture of my pool like really up close. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I made it to the Pacific Ocean. Like just <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, I'm trying to get... Um, Hashtag blindness can't stop me trending. So that's what I put at the end of all my pictures. Like travel, family, hashtag blindness can't stop me. Fucking go for it, buddy. I'm doing it. it. So check it out. Check that out. (laughs) Thank you for listening. Uh, I hope we helped you go from being fine to being fine. I love you guys. John, fucking love you, buddy. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, guys. Take care.